You can be dismissed for your, your class downstairs. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. I'd like to speak with you for just a few moments this evening on the subject of pouring out your heart. Take my scripture reference this evening, one of many, but the main scripture reference this evening is going to come from Psalms chapter 62 and verse 8. The psalmist David wrote, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Praise God. You may be seated. A refuge for us. This verse of Scripture invites us, I believe, to act in two very distinct ways. The first is to trust in God always. And the second part is to pour out your heart before Him. Now this first command is a call to faith. It is a call to believe in God's promises, not merely when it is convenient for us, not merely when the timing is right for us, and not merely when we have blessings to do so, but at all times. The second command provides, I believe, a most interesting image. For the words say, pour out your heart before him. I would say that if we look at that verse and we wonder, well, how, how do we make that happen? Or what, what can we say about that? And I would say that prayer is how we do that. Prayer is our chief means of communication with God. And as the origin of the word hints at, it is to have communion with or communication with, or other words, to share. And that which in this verse of Scripture we are implored to share is the content of our hearts. It is to share the most inner parts of who we are. And that can be, at times, I would say, a very difficult proposition. See, I think it's important here, if we were to put this in context, imagine having a large bowl or pot, and you were, as they say, to throw everything in the kitchen sink, you were making it a dinner, and you were just putting items in this pot, and you were cooking it. This image invites us to pour out that pot or pour out those contents before the Lord and for us to consider those contents together. Sometimes as we take those times in silence and we sit with the Lord and we're examining what's bubbling up within us, what's stirring within us, 
we notice that sometimes things seem to be doing better than before. But at other times, we find that some of those bits and those pieces are a little bit tart, or how we say, unseemly. They don't quite fit. Those are the pieces that, that we don't like to look at. Those are the pieces of, of the meal that maybe we don't like to eat so much. But I would propose this evening that both the sweet and the tart are welcome before God. I think it's important for us to take that time to, to consider the, the inner parts of what we're going through, the inner parts of where we're at in life, and for lack of a better phrase, take stock in, in all things. You see, it's the, the secret place inside of a man, it's the secret place inside of a woman that God wants to tap into. And we might say, well, God knows. Well, the truth of the matter is, yes, he does know. But it goes beyond God just knowing what's in the deeper inner parts of us. It goes to the core of having a relationship. It goes to the core of having communication. And communication is two ways. Communication does not go one way and stop. It goes back and forth. Communication is what happens when we allow ourselves to, as the psalmist said, pour out our thoughts before the Lord, our hearts. Because as we do so, sometimes those pieces and those bits that we might deem to be unsightly, we find out aren't truly unsightly before our king. You see, he might see something that we do not see. He might know of something that we don't know about that's in here. And I would say that it goes the other way. There might be something that we pour out before God, which we think is the most beautiful, most adorning thing in the world, and God looks at it and says, yeah, that's not too pretty after all. You see, what we perceive as diamonds, God perceives as coal. I think far too often, human beings in general, we have a habit of overcomplicating the simple things. And I, I say that because we see this in our world when we, when we get together with someone new. Whether you know it's a new coworker or a new boss, new friend, whether it's for business, whether it's for private times or just people hanging out, we have a tendency to overcomplicate the simple. And I would say to us that in those times that if we considered what it's like to be a child again, we would truly see, see something and realize it in front of us. How many times have we seen little kids playing at the park? I've taken my kids there, I've been there, I've seen it. But it's amazing how children do not overcomplicate things. You take them to the park, they're playing, and they run up to a little boy or a little girl, and they run up and they say, hey, let's play. The other little boy or girl looks at them and says, okay. And within a matter of seconds, they're off and running. They're playing, they're jumping, they're screaming, they're climbing, and zoom, they're gone. There's no, 
well, let's talk about this and see how we're going to play today, or what's your favorite color, or this, you know, this, it's something is made in that conversation. Yep, let's do it. And it's clear and concise from one end to the other. And I think that us as big folk, for lack of a better term, we tend to overcomplicate everything. We want to prepare a topic or have a gesture or wear a particular type of fashion or whatever odd things that we think about when we're getting ready to have a, have a meeting with another human. We just we get messy in our communication with life. We, I think we lose track of what, what the message is supposed to be sometimes when we're, when we're trying to communicate with someone. So I, I would say that to look at the little ones that we should just keep it simple. And that means keeping it simple before God. That means being honest before God. That means being a straight shooter with God. You see, as we pray, as we talk to God, if we break it down in its simplest form, it's just a conversation between us and Him. And the beautiful thing about that is we're only truly able to have a conversation with our God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 16 and 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. See, we come to God, we want to know God, we want to take the time, but we get lost in, I think, sometimes what it's called to be a so-called Christian. We get caught up in the the day by day, I got to do this, I got to do that, I'm running here, we have this event, we have that event, and, and events aren't wrong. I'm not saying that they're, they're wrong. What, what I'm saying as adults, as grown children, we forget the simple. You see, we can only come to the, our Lord Jesus Christ in joy and in hope because of what he's done. You see, it's Christ's blood that purifies our hearts. It is Christ's righteousness that covers our unrighteousness. And it was Christ's death on the cross in place of ours and his glorious resurrection that opened up the heavens for all who confess that he is Lord. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 2 and 13, he says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we have been brought near to God through Christ and near to one another. Isn't that an amazing thing? that No matter how far away we get or how far we wander, when we truly look at it and come back to the basics, we find that Christ is still right there with us. I would propose this evening that there is nothing quite as enjoyable as a good friend. The ability to call on them at any time. The ability to 
complain, the ability to confront in love, the ability to be confronted in love, and the ability to be truly honest with someone. There's, there's no games, there's no facade, there's no mask, there's no nothing. There's just true friendship. And when you have true friendship, you have open and clear communication. And all of these things that I mentioned, these are all enjoyed between friends. I have a very good friend whom I speak to daily, every day, several times a day. And there is nothing that I cannot say to this friend, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. And I, I'm very thankful that I can have that ability to talk with someone and know that my communication is not going to be misrepresented. My communication, what I say, is not going to be twisted upside down. It's going to be taken at face value, and it's going to be clear communication. You see, it is because of Christ, like Abraham, that we are made friends of God. I have the pleasure, you have the pleasure, you have the ability, and I have the ability to take a moment to go in that special place and be friends with our Creator. To truly have a friendship, a friendship where you can Say everything that you need to say without ridicule to where you can plead your heart out to where you can lay the deepest desire and the deepest groanings from the inside of your being out and know that they are not falling on a deaf ear or falling to the ground. You see, church, it is through God, excuse me, it is through Christ's and God that we pour out our hearts before him. He invites us to speak clearly about the weighty matters of things. He does not tell us to keep back the sad. He does not tell us to keep back the hurt. He does not tell us to keep back the ugly pieces because he's too busy or because he has other things to do. Instead, he compels us to lay before him the fine china of our hearts. But he also implores us to lay before him the ugly cooking pot that we keep in the back. It's amazing to me that we can have a, a God that is so willing to take up our cry, so willing to sit there and hold on to and work through whatever we are willing to give him. And that's truly what it is. It is what we are willing to give to him. He's not going to knock our door down and take what's inside our house. He's not going to take us while we're at work and put us in the place to, and, and force us to come to him with, with anything. And I think part of that reason why he doesn't take it from us or doesn't take these things from us because if he took it, how would we benefit? 
how would we learn? There are some things that you can tell a child, but there's some things you can tell a child that they're going to just have to do on their own until they figure it out. How many of us have told our little ones, don't touch that, it's hot? And they touch the hot pan or touch the hot stove. You see, when we pour out the fine things of our hearts and the dark, deep things of our heart to God and put it in his hands, his hands are mighty enough, but they're also delicate enough to put those broken, ugly pieces and those ugly things together. How do we know this? Because what every single one of us in this room has gone through, through our testimony, through what God has brought us through, because I don't know of a person within these walls or a person within the sound of my voice that hasn't had some ugly thing that they've handed to God. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 26 that he gives us his very spirit. The spirit helps us in our weakness. You see, when God's busy putting it back together again, he's not ignoring us. He's giving us a spirit in our weakness to help us through those times, to help us be able to continue to give those broken, dark, deep, ugly things to him. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 27, For we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. God not only desires to communicate with us, but he removes every obstacle that hinders our fellowship with him. See, if we give that something to the Lord, whether it be in a prayer closet or whether it be at an altar, we ought to just leave it there. If we laid it before the king who could put it back together again, why would we want to pick it back up? Why would we want to pick up that dead, ugly thing and stick it in our pocket so it can stink us up and follow us around? And I ask that, why would we? But I know that many of us here have done just that from time to time. We've picked up that thing, whether, whether good, bad, or indifferent, and we said, you know, I, I gave it to you, Lord, help me with this, but we either didn't believe in our communication that God heard us, or we weren't truly ready to give it to him because we took it right back. So I would propose to you this evening, church, to leave the ugly things and leave the pretty things, too, at the altar. Leave them in your prayer closet. You see, whether it be sin, which Christ already conquered, or whether it be our own insufficiencies and our own inadequacies, which God is happily able to aid us through, through his spirit, if we truly want to leave it with him, and we do, those things don't have to weigh us down no more. They don't have to be held on to. 
In short, I would propose to you this evening, church, that God has removed every single obstacle for our prayers so that we could become nearer to him. So that way, nothing hinders our communication. I don't know about you, but there's nothing more that, that or there's nothing that I dislike more than trying to have a conversation when you feel like someone on the other end of that line isn't listening to you. Or you said all of this and you get to the end and did you even hear me? It's a frustrating, earthly thing that we have to deal with. But there are times in our spiritual walks where we do that too. We do that to God. You see, we'll come to him and we'll lay a situation or a circumstance at the altar before him. And then we wonder, okay, God, did you even hear me? Or he gives us an answer and we're so caught up in everything that we're doing that we don't see that the answer is already right there in front of us. And I'm not, I'm not up here trying to point fingers at anyone because I'm, I'm just as guilty as this in my 20-some years of living for God. Many times have I walked in on a, on a Sunday service and thought I left something at the altar, but only to realize that on Monday morning it was sitting right next to me. So I would ask this evening, church, are you drawing near to God in prayer today? And here's a big one. And I only say this a big one because this is something that God has been dealing with with me, with Brother Piper for a long time and throughout this year is, are you trusting God? Are you trusting what he says about you through his son, Jesus Christ? Are you trusting God in those things that he lays out before you? Or are we pretending that God's preparations for his intimate friendship with us have somehow failed? Or are we considering our own unique obstacles that we think are unique?